All right, here we go. It's first up. It's Tuesday morning here on TSN 1050. Korolnik and Koliakovo in studio. Coco, you're looking good. You're feeling good. What's going on? Well, one of them is true. Which one? I'm looking good. <laughs> I'm definitely true. looking good. I'm feeling good. Not quite yet. It's still the clock just hit six. Yeah, you so. for you're not a coffee drinker, which is still astounding to me. The fact that people can do morning radio and not drink coffee just blows my mind. You need some kind of stimulant to get nah. you going. And you know, in the seventies, it was a little bit different. Seventies in radio, you hear some stories. There was some wild stuff going on. But you, oh, natural, yeah, and I respect natural. it. You know what gets me going? Excitement, <laughs> not caffeine. Excitement. Like Ilya Samsonov's home save percentage, William Nylander's second period. That's the stuff that really gets the brain moving and shaking yeah. on a Tuesday morning. Well, the Bills got me excited on most Mondays, but not anymore. Nope. Not anymore. But the draft class, wow. You can really find some offensive linemen in this upcoming draft for the Buffalo Bills. Linemen. The Bills need playmakers, is what they need. <laughs> um, but. Before we get into like sports talk, we started the show with a certain song, and you whispered in Twenty Fingers' ear that it was a bad selection. That no, not, not a bad song. selection. Just too slow of a lead in. Like what we got to get, we got to get right to What's it. What's the name we of that song? Twenty Fingers that you just played. No, no, it's a tragically hip song, Little Bones. One of my favorite Dude, hip the songs. The guitar solo coming into that was I, I don't disparage tragically hip, but I don't like when we have to wait like six or seven seconds to actually get into the song. That's the best part. No, it's not. What stop. do you mean? You have I, like to get, you I just have like to get right You have to lead up the guitar, it. and then once the drums come in, it's like, welcome to first stop. Yeah, I am a big hip fan, as you know, 99% of Canadians are, and Little Bones, one of my top, you know, six or seven favorite hip songs, but uh, just as far as bumper music goes, to kick off an hour, I just don't think it's, it's the best. Bumper music is all about bumping, is it not? I think there's a lot of bumping going on when Little Bones <laughs> comes on, for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, you talk about bumping... It's that was a nice song to have a it was. as a bumper coming in because you had the nice little guitar and then once the drums set in you were like ready to go. So like the the whole like no coffee thing is something that again it, it does shock me and impress me that you're able to conjure up any words like on the weekends I don't speak until coffee is in my bloodstream. So I need to like inject. Oh. <laughs> Am I ever? Seriously? Oh, 100%. Like, I am a complete and utter misery most times of the day. You guys would all agree. But especially in the mornings when I haven't had coffee, it's just a disaster. It gets just scowls and, like, don't even contemplate communicating with me under any circumstance, which makes, you know, a 6 a.m. radio show a little bit difficult at times. Yeah. I remember once we did I didn't have any coffee in my condo or something or my machine broke and I I had to do four hours without coffee. Cool. Perhaps the most difficult and arduous process ask, ever. I wanted to ask you, didn't you buy a coffee machine at home? Oh, yeah. So why do you come to work? Oh, no, I, I, already, had a, I already had a couple cups of coffee. I'm still quite, quite fatigued. Hold though. on a second. You woke up this morning, you had a cup of coffee before you left, and then you just came in and grabbed the TSN coffee? Yeah, but the TSN coffee is the absolute lowest of the Not low. the best. No, no, that that would be that would so be the wrong. Here's, the, here's the thing. This is the thing that confuses me. If you're so dependent on coffee, you must have a favorite choice of coffee, a fl- favorite flavor of coffee. 
correct? Yeah, sure, yeah. Okay, I mean, so what's your favorite choice of coffee? Ooh, you know, the Starbucks Grande Blonde. I got a nice Grande Blonde. Okay, no, I'm talking oh, cold coffee. I have an espresso machine. I recently upgraded to that. Okay. And that stuff is great. Because at great. 6 a.m., you can't stop at a Starbucks and get a coffee. Nothing yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Probably Tim Hortons would be open, but me and McDonald's. But yeah, I don't have time in to, to stop at anywhere. Okay, so if you're here. at home, what's the selection of coffee? Do you have K-Cups? Like, what is yeah, it? I got an espresso. There's different pods and stuff okay, like so that. Okay, so you have a certain... Brand, yeah, I like the uh, Melozio, or maybe it's the Stormio. Those are the two okay, types of flavor. No, nah, just like you know, coffee, just black. a little bit of milk, black, a touch of milk, sprinkle of two percent. Okay, so if that's your preferred choice and you're so dependent on coffee, how are you not putting it in like a Yeti cup and bringing it to like why do you come to work and go to the cafeteria that's here? I don't even think that's a cafeteria. No, what is that place? It's called? a little nook. It's a little nook. Where they have just dreadful. It's 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 coffee. common coffee mm-hmm. is what it is. <laughs> the common man's coffee, yeah. And you you grab some of that. How are you not bringing your own? Yeah, I'm cheap. I don't know. I don't know. It's also like laziness too. Like I just make one cup and I don't want to brew a whole thing. thing. I just want to get out of the house and keep I know. it rolling. Do it the night before. It stays warm in the Yeti cup. That's what they're for, are they not? The Yeti cup would, st- if I made a cup of coffee the night before and just left it on the table. Yes, and you It would maintain its heat. Yes, that's really? what those things are made for. Huh. I never thought of that, but that's pretty impressive and technology. Now you wake, you wake Shut up, it to them. You wake up in the morning, everything's done for you. Because, look, I'll, I've told you the reason why I don't drink coffee. I just can't. I have really bad acid reflux that it just... I'll spend the whole day breathing fire like a dragon with because of the like I love I would love to drink a nice flavored coffee. Oh, dude, you don't know what you're missing. But you're in for French some, vanilla, you're in for some teas, hazelnut. You're you, in for you some teas. It. Yeah, I mean, this nice gesture by our Yeah, we've got a friend, friend coming in. Friend, Co- friend coming our friend Leanne is coming in to visit us today. It's very exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, the rare in studio appearance for you from Starbucks. Use an eye. That'll be nice. Yeah, they came to speak. Use an eye. I need nice. a third coffee is what uh Please don't. is what I'm saying. Okay, so but, what is your amount of coffee intake for a day? Mm. So on an average day, let's run, run through my, the audience what my normal day looks like. So, you know, up, get up, do the show, drink, I'd say two cups of coffee. Okay. Two because pods. you nap afterwards, too. Then a little nap. Then you re- I don't know how you nap when you're that oh, wired with buddy, coffee. Buddy, I could have 100 coffees and still nap. No problem You're there. one of those guys. Oh, for yeah. sure. You're well, Alex Petrangelo is who you are. I wish I was. I wish I had a salary. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, his place of residence in, in, down in yeah, Las sure. Vegas. But, yeah, so you have some coffee. And then you have to do the show. Then you try to lie down for a little bit. Then I wake up, restart the day with a coffee, more coffee. Holy crap! And then we're rocking and rolling for the rest of the day. And before the gym, you know what goes down? Another coffee. No, a pre-workout. <laughs> pre-workout. All right. I just realized I have a caffeine and you have uh, one after taurine. dinner, like when nah, you're nah, chilling nah, and it. stuff. That's, so just nah, like after it. workout, you're done for the day with coffee. Yeah, I didn't think about the extra pre-workout shake, which includes a lot of caffeine in that thing too. How it's, often do you have that pre-workout shake? Well, every single day. You work out every day? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Garves turned you into. No, a machine. I turned Garves into a machine. It was mostly me that turned it. No, no, he not. turned you into. Well, a I was already working out most days, anyways. But yeah, the pre-workouts are, you know. That's like a little scoop of powder that gets you going. So. Yeah. I got yeah. the old uh, message from the doctor the other day when I went to do my physical. And he's like, everything's great. You're looking great. Healthy as an ox. But <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's the but? He goes, this isn't a recommendation. 
This is me telling you, you have to start working out. Okay. I was like, what are you going to do about that? I was like, well, that's kind of hard. She's, he's like, I don't care. There's no excuses anymore. You need to start working out. Find a way. Find 20 minutes a day. Find a way. Do something. I'm like, well, I don't have time to go get a gym membership. What am I going to do? Could I just go for a walk around the block? He's like, I don't know what part of English you didn't understand of me saying. You have to start working out. So I need to buy another machine that I can put in my Dude, house. Don't you already have a tread climber in there? I got rid of it. You, really? Where is yeah. it? Uh, my wife found somebody to take it. Just like for free? No. Oh, you got how much? How much? How much of a bath did you take on the tread climber? Yeah, it wasn't about the money. It was just about <laughs> finding the right place. I remember when you got the tread climber. Like, boys, got a tread climber. You're gonna see me. I'm gonna be shredded. I'm gonna yeah. be in my peak physical condition. And then it became a clothes hanger. It did. Yeah, it did. You know what it was about the tread climber? It's a very um, useful machine, but because of my my back issues. It was the up and down on the tread climber that was was creating more pain and discomfort in my back. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to go with the assault bike. You saw the one where you're like, oh yeah, the fan in the front. And there's there is a zero percent chance you will. You might buy it. I love the assault bike. Well, you, you no loved idea. the assault bike no, when no, no, you were no, no, in no. the NHL. I, so prior to me getting the tread climber, before I actually wanted an assault bike. But my wife was worried because my kids were young. They would go on it and you know put their fingers in yeah. it and stuff. Well, my kids are old enough right now for me to tell them, say, look, don't touch this. This is daddy's assault bike. Yes. And the best thing about the assault bike is you can sit there and just go at a nice, even pace with your legs and your arms. It's a, like, it's a, it's you'll get, you'll get deezed up real quick. Yeah, I'm not worried quickly. about getting deezed up. Yeah. I just I need to do something for sure. Something that and, elevates the heart rate. You know, you don't like to walk a golf course. That would qualify as physical. As physical. Again, I'm going to reiterate that it's not that I don't like to. I have, um, you know, back you're, issues. You're, yeah, but I mean, you could strengthen that now, and then by the time April rolls around, you'd be good Scoliosis to go. Scoliosis is not something well, you strengthen. Yeah. I'm not so. an expert on that subject, but I think you could probably make it work. The assault bike's not great for your back either. You're hunched over there and just doing that. But I'm not standing. Standing is what bothers That's true. my condition. So, anyways... That's we got to get you in shape. Let's do some push-ups during the commercial break. No. We'll come back on the other side. Maybe some crunches. I'm not putting my hands on the floor. I, this, this place is an absolute <laughs> pigsty. I can't get over how dirty this floor well, is. It's, it's actually cleaner outside than it is in here. No, not really. This is all the salt people walking that in is from true. the snow outside. That but. is true. But uh, what we'll do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back on the other side, uh, talk about the Leafs game last night, what a second period it was for the Buds, and we'll see if we can get some physical activity for you and I. And we'll figure out how we're going to get you back in shape for 2023. You know what would be fun to do? You know those, like, stationary pedals? Yeah, so with your feet only? Yeah, which like, feet only. Oh, you can burn 8,000 calories a day. There's that, no yeah, chance. Obviously. That is the most false advertising I've ever seen yes, on, a, on a device. <laughs> you cannot tell me. You can sit there, stand there, whatever you want to do with this stationary pedal... And tell me you can just burn eight, whatever, hundred calories. You don't burn anything. It's, Nothing. It's, it's your toes moving Nothing. a little bit. No, no, it's a joke. But, you know, the, I'm sure there's a lot of people who get conned into buying that thing and thinking, oh, man, why aren't I losing weight? I'm using this toe stepper 
Uh, multiple hours a day. I guess you and I could do it. We're sitting here at a desk and kind of just pedal away, but it's not for us. Not for us. No. Real-time lifting and strenuous activity coming up in the break. We'll get back into the Leafs game. What a night it was. What a second period it was. Nylander, Tavares, Ilya, Samsonov. Very impressive stuff from the Leafs. A big bounce back following their performance on Saturday night. We'll get into it here on First Up next. Time now for TSN 1050 Time Saver Traffic. Well, it looks like we're exchanging one set of problems on the westbound 401 for another westbound express at Ludsey. All open now. We had a crash clear from the left lane. However, after the Allen, some slowdowns because now westbound the collectors at Dufferin, a stalled vehicle resides in the right lane. Southbound on the 404 at Davis Drive through Newmarket, we have a right lane blocked with roadwork. That's the last of the construction. Now, we did have another construction project clear, Niagara bound on the QEW. Two left lanes reopened after here, Ontario. The one time top up of $500 to the Canada. The housing benefit is available to help lower-income renters. Apply now at Canada.ca slash rental benefit. From the News Talk 1010 Traffic Center, I'm Jody Thornton. Overdrive, Toronto's favorite way to drive home. Weekdays 4 to 7 on TSN 1050. We've got our hockey insider Chris Johnson at 745 for Leafs Breakfast. The Toronto Maple Leafs winning 5-2 last night. A game that, heading in, you know, it's Monday night. It's the Islanders in town. You're kind of expecting a 2-1 game one way or the other. But this is not the Islanders of yesteryear. This is the new New York Islanders who are terrible. Terrible. (laughs) Give up a ton of goals. Very uncharacteristic for that franchise over the last, I don't know, decade or so. And early on in that game, what the Leafs didn't get a shot on goal for the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, what's going on? This is kind of lingering from Saturday night where they had that terrible second period against the Montreal Canadiens and ultimately lose that game in overtime. And then all of a sudden, in the second period last night, the Leafs put on a clinic, a dominant performance led by two guys in particular. And it was William Nylander, who had two goals and two assists in the second period alone. John Tavares had a couple of goals as well. I mean, the Leafs in the second period all season long have been, I believe they're plus 30 in the second period this year, which is amongst the best in the NHL. I just assume everybody's behind the Boston Bruins in every (laughs) statistical category. Uh, I'm going to assume Boston has a better plus... Minus differential in the second period than the Leafs, but they're one of, if not the best teams in the NHL in period number two. And, man, did they ever put on a show last night. Yeah, they sure did. I mean, you talked about the slow start. The Leafs only had six shots in that first period, and they gave up a late goal after a power play with less than 20 seconds left uh, in that first period. So they go into their intermission down one nothing, and there must have been something said in the intermission, whether it was the the group of leaders in the room or Sheldon Keefe just coming in, and, excuse me, and reminding the players that, look, can't have a sleepy start like that and expect to be victorious. I mean, this is the NHL, and you know it didn't take long. It was five minutes in when Nylander got the the boys on the, on the board, and shortly thereafter they give up the two one lead, and it just almost that was the moment where the Leafs never looked back. You know, two minutes later, Tavares ties it on, which was a really nice executed play. Started from Samsonov, who 
had a game himself. Oh. Now, next thing you know, this guy's making circus passes up the ice. And, <laughs> He's doing it all. Um, you know, Nylander makes a nice uh, redirected play to Tavares. And then Nylander with the alley-oop pass. Um, you know, nice to see that the Raptors are... Uh, or the, well, the Leafs are stealing some of the Raptors. Don't give uh, the Raptors any credit with, with compared the, to the with Leafs. The alley-oop play That's Dwayne Wade to LeBron James. It's not <laughs> right. Gary Trent Jr. to Fred right. Van Vliet or whatever. Yeah, I, 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 to me, it was more of a Mighty Ducks play yes. where, uh, was it Fulton alley-oops <laughs> the puck to uh, Adam Banks? Adam Banks, yeah. that's right. And oh, Aaron Kroc is the benefactor <laughs> of that. And then William Nylander, like you talked about, we, we've talked a lot about his season and how great he's been individually and how consistent he's been and how for most of the season he's been not only just their most consistent player but their best player. And he showed it again last night with the fourth goal and with an incredible individual effort that showed a couple of things. One, his um, puck pursuit, his tenacity to get the puck back, his good, you know, instincts to make a, a play on the puck, and then obviously, you know, his skill level at the highest level, you know, finding a, an open spot and putting it in the back of the net, and that's his twenty sixth of the season. I mean, good on him. Four point night again, second second four point night this season, and he leads the Maple Leafs to uh, a five two victory, an impressive five two victory, which was capped off by a. Uh, Austin Matthews' third-period goal. Yeah, it was pretty much the perfect night after the first period. I mean, everybody contributed, like the core players, the best players everybody on the Maple Leafs. but... Yes. Mitch, Mitch, Marner. Mitch Marner, his 20-game home point streak concluded last night. Honestly, I wasn't very invested in that. I was like, eh, the well, home point I, streak. It was, it's I, impressive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't like the... One that we were tracking with Daryl Sittler and Look, Eddie. All o good things come to an end. It had to end at some point. The fact point. that he went twenty games in a row. Oh, it's amazing. At home it's amazing. Is super impressive, super rewarding for him. And you know, there was all the talk. Uh, should did Sheldon Keith double shift him at the end of the game? The game's five two, right? And unfortunately, it didn't happen. And unfortunately, it came to an end. But still, a lot to celebrate with what he was able to accomplish with that. What was noteworthy, and it involved Matt, uh, Marner and Matthews and Nylander Tavares, was the I guess kind of the reuniting of the Matthews band line. And but really, it was the second line, if you want to call them that, with Nylander and Tavares, uh, Kincali Yarncroft, who were also also reunited. That just dominated the second period. And you could give Sheldon Keith credit. You know, there's a ton of credit. Well, I, yeah, sure. You could look at it that way. You could also be like, yeah, obviously, you know, <laughs> like the way they played in the first period, it's like, okay, we're looking for a spark here. You know, you have this sitting in the chamber, right? The Matthews and Marner combination, and in turn, the Tavares and Nylander combination. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious. You're like, all right, should we crack this out? It's like, all right, let's do it. And then yeah. in the second period, they just took it to the Islanders, and that game was basically out of reach for the Islanders shortly thereafter. So, yeah, you give Keith credit for knowing when to it, to deploy that scenario. It's not like a doomsday scenario. I mean, it's pretty no, obvious. it's not. It's something that but it's, works it's, so well. But it's a good option to he, resort to as he should have, have it. And yes. Look, it wasn't a one-period evaluation for him. It was three periods of an evaluation for him because you can go back to last game in the second, the third, maybe a little bit of the overtime and the way they started yesterday, he's probably there going into the intermission in his coach's room saying something, this team needs a spark somehow. And it's probably got to come from a decision I make with the group. And, I mean, you talk about an instant response 
when you make a move like that. It was a four-goal outburst in the second period, mostly because, you know, there was a change that, that got the attention of the group. Yeah, and and also because the Islanders, like, just complete no-shows right. in the second period, too. Well, they're, they're just missing getting one of their best defensemen, too. Dominating. But... Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you still have Sorokin back there, yeah. who's kind of left out to dry. And it's amazing how the Islanders have... And I don't want to talk too much about the New York Islanders. They're not the most exactly the most intriguing team, in spite of you know John Tavares playing his old team, which is not really a story anymore. Lou Lamorello back in town, who the architect of the Islanders, who have had a lot of success under Lou, but at the same yeah. time, the way that this organization looks at this point in time, they've lost five in a row. Lane Lambert on the bench, man, he thought it looked like he was going to have a complete yeah. meltdown. Out there, and rightfully so. I mean, his team just didn't come to play in period Aiky, number two. I'm just and looking at their last ten games right now. One six. Oh no, they they've been awful. They have been awful. And there's rumblings they might they might call Barry Trotz and be like, "Hey, man, you want to come back? <laughs> you want to come back? Please, yeah. we shouldn't have fired you. That was a mistake." Which obviously, in retrospect, it was. Well, remember the Islanders this off season? They were linked to names like Kadri, like Goudreau, and couldn't get anybody. They couldn't get anybody of significance to come in and change something in that roster and you got to look at this roster this roster has been somewhat the same for a two three year span right now and it's almost like the way we talk about the raptors where you know you're you're basically saying have they reached their full potential with this group and it just it's clearly not cut out anymore but as jimmy rutherford referenced his struggles in vancouver over the last stretch it's not easy to make necessary changes no, it, it to change is not. the group when you're stuck with you know, the same players with the same contracts, especially with the salary caps. And the, and the Islanders right now are the perfect example of that, where a lot of the same players, you know, especially over the last two seasons, and a lot of the same lackluster results. So Ilya Samsonov, I thought, again last night, was awesome. I mean, this guy has been performing at a seriously, seriously high level at home. At, on the road, he's been good, too. At home, he's been otherworldly. 13-0-1 with a 9.39 save percentage this year at home. Mm-hmm. And I'd be stunned if he didn't start again on Wednesday against the Rangers. Well, finish their next three games at home yeah, before the All-Star Well, that's break, it. No? So, yeah, there's a lot of home games coming up. A game against the Ottawa Senators on Friday night as well. That's so be Matt I would imagine game, that'll though. be Matt Murray. But Samsonov looking at his fourth consecutive start, no doubt, the way he's been playing. Sheldon Keefe talked about uh, his terrific play. We'll play that for you in about 30 minutes. Time we've got Cheeses, who's back on the show today. Welcome back, Cheese. He has burning NFL questions ahead of the conference championship. We'll play some make sense or nonsense at 7.15. And our hockey insider, Chris Johnston, coming up in about 75 minutes. Hour one of First Up continues here on TSN 1050. Back on First Up, whenever that music, you hear it around this time, it means it's time for some burning NFL questions. Our man Cheese, he's back. What's up, buddy? Welcome back. What's happening? Cheese. Not too much. <laughs> Shout out to Tyler showing me some mad love on the text line. Oh, so you're the What man. did he say? What did he say? He said this is his favorite segment. Oh, he loves NFL is. burning questions. <laughs> oh, and he also talks about AK Spring V-Cut Workout Total Domination wow. in 2023. You and Garth. You know me too nice. well, Tyler. Shout out to you, Tyler <laughs> in Etobicoke. All right, Cheese. Let's hear it. The burning NFL questions 
for the morning. What is the biggest offseason need for the Buffalo Bills? Wow, it's a lot. <laughs> I think the biggest offseason need is they need more playmakers. They they need to focus on building around Josh Allen. And I think if you look at their last game, you know, Stefan Diggs is clearly frustrated, but Gabriel Davis, you know, there was big expectations coming into this year. Didn't really meet up to it. Isaiah McKenzie, Cole Beasley, all undersized wide receivers. I would focus on a big wide receiver that can like that can outrun, outcatch the opponent, and guys that can make plays with their feet. DeAndre Hopkins. I'd love that, but no I just kidding. don't know if they can fit that in salary cap wise. <laughs> you have Hopkins on one side and Diggs on the other. Good luck. They just need more Good playmakers, man. Luck. Yeah, they, I mean they they spent a lot of focus building up the defense, and you look at like how much the defense has failed in big games, and Deshaun McDermott had play a factor in that too. This guy was supposed to be a defensive minded coach three years in a row in big games where you need to, you know, stop the offense. They couldn't stop anything. Well, the Bills used a second round pick on James Cook, a third round pick on Zach Moss, and traded a fourth round pick to bring in Naheem Hines. So they've used a lot of draft capital on running backs. I don't know if any of those guys are like you know okay, but. They wanted, make they wanted, they wanted real to, differences. They wanted but, to improve the pass catching in the backfield, which they didn't utilize at all in they the postseason. They threw one pass to the yeah, running back five, against Cincinnati the other five day. yards. I, I do think their biggest need is to get Von Miller back and you know be Von Miller again because that would have yeah. made a significant difference. They didn't get close to Joe Burrow at all. No, and this is a Cincinnati Bengals offensive line that was playing dudes off the street. They scored 10 points yeah. though, dude. Well, that also, I mean, there's a lot of things when you score 10 points, but the Bills have one of the best offenses in the NFL all year. They can't rely on Josh Allen to do everything because when Josh Allen has a bad game like he did yesterday, or the last game, yeah. exactly the result you get. A question I have, can we stop calling Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant? The guy's won every game. Like He's no, in the it, NFC no. title game. <laughs> it's enough with Mr. Irrelevant already. I get it he was the last pick of the draft, but is this going to carry on his entire career? It's like He's not, a good player. Right now it is. I'm sick of it's Mr. Irrelevant. Story. It's the story yeah. of where he came from. I get he was like So if he was undrafted, we would, like, he's not he, irrelevant. He, Brock Purdy's very relevant. What's worse I, than I, irrelevant? I'm, I mean, yeah, I don't know, but he's not irrelevant. Like, the Guy's very much relevant. I think we personally do away with the nickname. But, geez, and, you are the proprietor of the burning honestly, questions. Honestly, if they could find a way to bring Brian Dayball back, they that can't. would be a, they a, can't. a huge uh, <laughs> a huge improvement. A huge boost. Too. Anyways, go ahead, Cheese. What do you got? All right, we're going to look into the future now. Assuming the Bengals go on to win the Super Bowl, is there an argument that Joe Burrow is the best QB in the NFL? Well, I mean... Whether they win the Super Bowl or not, I would argue, is irrelevant because you could absolutely make that argument right now that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. I wouldn't make it personally. I have Patrick Mahomes number one and Joe Burrow behind him. But at the same time, I mean, it's hard to argue with anything Joe Burrow has done statistically, regular season, postseason, or otherwise. But yes, I do. Th- I would concede, Cheese, that if Joe Burrow beats Joe Burrow and the Bengals, it's not a one on one battle. If the Bengals beat the Chiefs and Burrow's a big part of it and they go on to win the Super Bowl, even if they were to lose in the Super Bowl, Burrow's got a legit case to be regarded as the number one quarterback in the NFL. I I couldn't agree with you more. I think right now this is still Mahomes' title because he's got the Super Bowl and he's got the MVPs to, you know, attach himself to that. But Joe Burrow is not too far behind. This guy plays mistake-free football. And he does it with such calm and such poise and such swagger. I mean, 
he's definitely overtaken Allen, as much as that pains yeah. me to admit. But, I, you know, I'm a realist. I, I call it how it is. It's true. He has overtaken Allen at the quarterback position. And if he wins this weekend, which I believe he will, I think next year he has to be the number one ranked quarterback going into the, the NFL. Did you see that the odds on FanDuel now have the Bengals as one-and-a-half-point favorites, one-point favorites in else. Kansas City? Kind of does surprise me. The Bengals extremely public right now. Oh, 100%. And there will be some money coming back on Mahomes but and the why? Chiefs. You know why? Oh no, I, I totally understand why. I mean, coming off that performance in Buffalo and the health and the record, well, and the record in Can- in Kansas City against Mahomes, and of course, primarily the uncertainty surrounding Mahomes and his ankle. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about making Chiefs wager at some point here. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> you're getting Mahomes I, as a I home would, dog. Hold on a second. I would not be surprised if the Chiefs win this game because they're it's that a coin flip. A it's a coin flip. But you have to understand why it's Cincinnati is so sure. public. They put on a dominant performance against the Bills. Now they're going into Kansas City, a team that they have no trouble beating over the last two years. Well, Mahomes, no trouble is a stretch. Those games were extremely close. They went down I to the wire the in all three. I look at the. Oh, well, I understand, it's but no, they it's yeah. It's not like the they cruise to wins. No, in those games. But at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. It is right when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs' record this year. They're fourteen and three. Do you do, do you talk about how they won most of those games? They won most of those games in the, in the last no, couple no, minutes I, I of the agree. fourth quarter. I agree, but it's not like Kansas City or Cincinnati dominated the Chiefs in those three no. wins. Like those were very clever last year in the playoffs. I mean, they were down. I think was it twenty one ten twenty one. And they came back points. and it was yeah, but whatever it was. Like they came back and and kind of blew it in the second half to the Chiefs and Burrow and the Bengals took it from them. So yeah. they deserve credit, but. I think these games on on Sunday, I think, are just going to be exceptional. I think Chiefs and Bengals, perhaps more so than any of either of them. But um, needless to say, don't sleep I on think the Eagles, the, buddy. I like the Niners. I like the Niners, but I'm working. I'm working through it. I'm working uh, through it. Although Brock Purdy's kind of scared. Honestly, me a bit. it's hard to predict a winner in any of these Not matchups. Is. But I think a lot of people are underappreciating what Jalen Hurts can do. Oh yeah, I mean he looked pretty good to me yeah. against the Giants. But of course, the Niners are completely different beast. Cheese. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, is Jalen Hurts a top five NFL QB? A hundred percent he is. Oh. The guy was having an MVP season before he got hurt. He's clearly a difference maker when he plays and when versus when he doesn't. I mean, because he not only can he beat you with his arm, which he's clearly thrown clearly shown at multiple times this year. He's a threat with his legs, and I don't know how much of a threat he can be with that injury that he's dealing with with his legs, but, I mean, the stats show he's top five. So Burrow, Allen, Mahomes for sure over Hurts. Maybe Justin Herbert. No, I'm putting Hurts over Herbert Lamar. Right yeah, Lamar. No. Definitely Lamar when he's healthy for sure. Mm, it's close. He's probably like five, six, seven, somewhere in that mix. So that's a that's a burning question. That's why Cheese is the best in the business. Mm-hmm. It's a very close one. He's top five. For um, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to argue against Hurts. And you're, you're right, the dual threat option, the way he can run the ball so effectively. What, he had 12 rushing touchdowns this year as well? It's like a CFL quarterback. That offense is completely different with him under center. How dare you disrespect Minshew Mania. I have my <laughs> jean shorts and my mustache yeah. ready to go. Cheese, what else we got? Let's go from one NFC East team to another. Where is the best landing spot for Saquon Barkley if he does not re-sign with the Giants? Mm. Mm. Who needs a running game? 
Well, Saquon, I think Saquon will be back with the Giants when it's all said and done. The Buffalo Bills. Oh, well, I mean, that'd be kind of... Well, Dude, well, how many was, draft picks are you going to use on running backs and then there, sign someone else? There, there was a rumor I just don't year. see it happening. There was a rumor last year that they were interested in him, but with the Giants sticking with him... You know, it's it's so hard to predict where the the best landing spot would be for him because, you know, we don't really know, you know, where quarterbacks are going to end up, right? And I think that's ultimately going to decide where Saquon Barkley ends up is if there's this quarterback shuffle again in the NFL, you know, teams like to focus a lot of their offense built around the quarterback. If you're getting a Derek Carr or an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, you know, then you start to focus on your running game. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I think the best spot for him to be is in New York. There's no doubt that's the case. Like, but if you had to pick somewhere else, I can't really think off the top of my head. Yeah, me neither. Also, like Josh Jacobs, who just led the league in rushing, is a free agent as well. I mean, I don't yeah. know who's more desirable between the two, but it's close for sure. Yeah, and I, I think the running backs like is Saquon Barkley going to reset the market? Like, is he going to make 18 million a year at running back? No, me neither. And I get it. He had a great year. He's a dual threat. He can catch the ball. And he can run the ball as well as anybody, but he's also a guy coming into the season who we were like, can he play and stay healthy? Like a lot of question marks. Not, he's not the most durable individual. So mm. if I'm Saquon, I got a great thing going with the Giants. The entire offense is tailored around my skill set. I'm sticking around there with my guy Danny Dimes. Yeah, like does he want to go to the Chicago Bears? Uh, like I don't or know. Or the New Orleans Saints or the Atlanta Falcons. Like Well, I mean, like is is Atlanta going to take, you know, sign Saquon for 14 million a year and give up on Algier and Patterson? Like, what's the better yeah. option? Maybe you could argue Saquon, what but. About the LA Rams. I mean, sure, they could use somebody, but they drafted that kid, Kyron Williams, in the second round or third round last year. They probably want to, they don't want to burn that draft pick. They probably want to give him an opportunity. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I think when you're a running back, you don't exactly have the most leverage as far no. as all the opportunities. As good as Saquon is, I think it's pretty safe to say. He'll be back in New York one way or the other. Do we have time for one more cheese? Yeah, let's rock and roll. I love love burning NFL questions. These are some good ones. What else we got? After watching Jacksonville's strong second half of the season, who would you rather build a franchise around? Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert? Mm, Wow. I got to go Justin Herbert on this one. I've always been a fan of Justin Herbert. I think him under the right system with the right coach probably could have been in the AFC Championship game this year. Um, There's so much to like about Trevor Lawrence, too, but I just think that Herbert is one step ahead right now, maybe two steps ahead of of Lawrence. Yeah, I I would go Herbert as well, but I wouldn't be stunned at all if we're sitting here a year from now and the answer is Trevor Lawrence, especially Mm -hmm. considering Calvin Ridley will be in Jacksonville. Uh, Doug Peterson. And Doug Doug Peterson. Peterson. I mean, they've got a great offense. I'm choosing Doug Peterson to develop a quarterback over Brandon Stanley to develop a quarterback. That's fair to say. And they're looking, they're interviewing (laughs) offensive coordinators in in LA and trying to find somebody. How does this guy free reign to basically go full scorched earth on all of his coaches and he's the scapegoat on all of it. Brandon Staley. He didn't. They, they fired his coaches. It wasn't Staley who was firing his coaches. He wanted to keep his coaches, I'm sure. Those are his guys. No, apparently the rumor was that he wanted new voices on both sides of the ball. I don't, yeah, I don't know how that all works for Brandon Staley, but I mean, in any case, they needed to do something considering how that season ended there. That's pretty obvious. When you blow a 27-point lead, uh, Brandon Staley... Fortunate enough to stay put, 
And his boys, his coordinators, not so much. So, yeah, Herbert versus Lawrence. I can tell you one thing. If I am a team in the AFC looking at the next year that doesn't have a stud quarterback, don't even bother showing up. No. Like, how many studs are there in the AFC right now? Like, the NFC is almost devoid of studs. Well, all you got to do is look at the the matchups right now. Semi-final weekend. Burrow versus Mahomes. Hurts versus Purdy. Yeah, I know. And this is no disrespect to Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy. I mean, no. keep, like San Fran used three first-round picks to trade up for Trey Lance, who could have been nice. their guy. Jimmy G. Oh, yeah, the injury is notwithstanding. But like you, had, not only do you have Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, you have Lamar Jackson, you have Lawrence, you have Herbert. Herbert. Like, it's just stacked. We don't even mention the name Russell Wilson. And, well, no. He's and thinking. the fact that like Tom Brady could be coming back to the AFC. If you're Tom Brady, why would you even no, think about Brady will not be the in the AFC. AFC. I think the same thing applies to Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to some trade rumors surrounding him in our number two because there are some significant ones, and it could be a team in your division, Buffalo. Get ready. You think Aaron Rodgers is going to come to the Jets? I listened to a podcast with some quality sources yesterday that intimated that's a distinct possibility. If you're one of those two old goats, I wouldn't even come close to the AFC. Well, it's trades at hand here. You know, you no, I else. know that, but they probably have a the Aaron Rodgers yeah, is insane where he, he, he wants can, to he's go. He's like, I'll just retire if I don't go. If I'm Aaron where. Rodgers, I do the Brett Favre. Go straight to Minnesota. Minnesota? What are they going to do with Kirk Cousins? Go. What do you mean? What are they going to do with Kirk Cousins? Get rid of them. What is the, what is what have they done with Kirk Cousins? You know, they have, there's a salary cap. You can't yeah, get rid of can't get rid of guys like that. <laughs> but trust me, if they could, I think they probably would. Although Seattle I'm not so to get sure. Rid of Russell Wilson. Well, Russell Wilson was a desired commodity he, at the time. The Philadelphia Eagles found a way to get rid of Carson Wentz. Like they'll find a way to get rid of Kirk Cousins. I don't think the yeah, command. Are we sure Kirk that. Cousins is better than Aaron Rodgers? I'm I'm not so sure. Like I mean. That. It's the debate, at least. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I get it. He won two MVPs a couple years ago. If you're Minnesota and you're serious about winning and you have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers... Green Bay will not be trading Aaron Rodgers to Minnesota. I can guarantee you that. Under any circumstances. You don't know that. What if Aaron Rodgers walks into the front office and says, I want to go to Minnesota? (laughs) I don't think anyone's ever said that before. Well, Brett Favre did. (laughs) Yes, Brett Favre did. Uh, That is true. That is true. But it's happened once. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Again, uh, so we've got our uh, Monday morning, let's say Tuesday morning scoreboard coming up on the other side. <laughs> can't keep track of the days still, even though the pandemic is in the rear view. Still can't remember what day it is at any point of time. I don't know why that is. Maybe my ability to process the days of the week has just well, gone just by the way. Almost side. every day feels like it's the same. Well, right? yeah, it's the you know very un- unpleasant it's weather. Sunday, so yeah. you know when Sundays. Are oh, here do you just I don't ever move off your coat? That is indeed it. Well, that's most nights as well. So. <laughs> No real difference. Anyways, the scoreboard on the other side. A big night in the NHL and the NBA. We'll break it all down next. This is the first off scoreboard where we recap the night that was in the world of sports here on First Up. The Toronto Maple Leafs, 5-2 winners over the Islanders. We'll break that down in about 10 minutes at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. But I think everybody, Coco was wondering what the reception was going to be like for Johnny Gaudreau back in Calgary the first time. It was the classic, now I guess the Matthew Kachuk reception, where he gets booed upon touching the puck, and then they do a tribute and they cheer for him. So His situation was a little different. Mm -hmm. They they basically tried to sign him at the last minute, and he said, no, you can do whatever you want, but I'm leaving. Um, So clearly got the, 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 the reception that... He probably deserved for being that guy. But, hey, they showed him love. He had some great years there. He had some great success with them. 
And, man, was he a story last night. He was a beast. All the fireworks in that game. He was a beast in that game. He had an awesome game, and he had a, a breakaway where he got hooked, and there was a penalty shot, yeah. so he had a chance there. Didn't score at two assists. Had a couple of really good opportunities. Then in overtime, he was the turnover. He, he kind of turned the puck over. A questionable call could have been a penalty there mm-hmm. uh, on on Calgary. And then they go they go the other way at a two on one, and and the game was uh, Dubé. So uh, yeah, quite the story, quite the homecoming for Johnny Gaudreau. Did have two assists, and ultimately, if you're Columbus, you want to lose every game <laughs> because they're already horrible. I believe they have the worst record in the NHL. Do you imagine adding Bedard? Ugh. To that lineup of Goudreau, Liney, Jenner, like with their top fours, it's pretty good. That's all right. Ken I Johnson, mean, the, that's the not that's okay. He played, he played with that kid at the at the at, August World at Juniors. the World Juniors. Yeah, right. you're right. Yeah, I mean Columbus is just such an uninspiring team. No Wierenski, obviously, for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Remember, it was only a couple of years ago they were going all in at the deadlines, like Duchesne, Panarin, let's go. We need to get these guys. Round. And I guess they did win a playoff round, but then, you know, not much since no. then. In any case, the New York Rangers, they win 6-2 over the Florida Panthers. Man, tough night for Alex Lyon in net for Florida, who's without Bobrovsky. He's hurt. Spencer Knight also hurts. They're down to their third stringer and yeah. just a disaster for the Panthers right now. They have been playing a little bit better of late, but they got smacked by... The yeah, they had a five-game point streak yeah. going into no, they, they were, they were playing yesterday. Better. And this is a big game coming up with them tonight against Pittsburgh. They're only two points back at, or three points back at Pittsburgh, and with three games more than Pittsburgh, so they have to beat the Penguins tonight. They got to get their playoff hopes alive. Uh, Buffalo wins three-two over the Dallas Stars. Owen Power, the yeah, OT winner, first his first the goal of the season. Rasmus Dahlin scored his 14th. He's like well over a point a game. A legitimate yeah. Norris Trophy contender, no doubt. And he's like 22-23. I mean, this kid, well, a superstar in the making. Let's be honest. If if Eric Carlson wasn't having uh, the season that he is with 62 points, we'd be talking about Rasmus Dahlin running away with the Norris right now. Yeah, McCarr, Adam Fox. Yeah, there's some really good candidates, but yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say Eric so Carlson will be the front Hale runner McCarr right now. McCarr has 43 points in 42 games. And he's 19 points behind Eric Carlson <laughs> leading the Demons. That's just absurd. And yeah, Carlson leading the NHL in five-on-five five five points, which still is a remarkable stat. To the NBA where, talk about some remarkable stats, the Milwaukee Bucks beat Detroit last night 150 to 130. Yeah. Like, my goodness, that's Imagine a lot of points. putting up 130 spot yeah. and still losing by, by 20. By 20, they got, they got crushed. That's <laughs> amazing. Uh, that's a wild score. And also, how about what happened in Portland? 147 to 127. Imagine putting up 127 and losing. That's what, uh, by 20, that's what San Antonio did yeah. last night. Lowered at Defense 37. Was optional last night. No kidding. Day. Sacramento scored 133. I had the under 236 in that you game. Did. Cash. Yes. Shout out to me. Uh, the rare win on an NBA pick. And uh, the Bulls beat the Atlanta Hawks. That's a big game for the Bulls as they look to keep. Pace. Third game in a row. Yeah, you know they, how I know when the Bills that. win. If I follow Chuck Swirsky on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he always does a wind dance. Onions, baby, onions. He's like doing this weird dance because he he's got no rhythm, and it's pretty funny. I'm gonna give him a lot of credit for doing it, uh, but he always does like the the dance after they win. And last night he had one. Yeah, so, that's uh, that's important. You know the dance crucial yeah. for Chuck. Swirsky. How about the Lakers? They make a trade yesterday. They did. Rui Achimura. Yes. Coming over to the Lakers for none Kendrick and, Nunn in a couple seconds. Yeah. So 
I don't know what that means. But at least maybe the trade waters are heating up in the NBA. Well, it's not too far away. What, two weeks left? February 9th. So, yeah, you're talking about about two weeks until the NBA deadline. because February 8th is a special day for (laughs) me. It is. Every day is a special day for you. Not yet. No, it's true. (laughs) In my eyes, you know, every day is a blessing, no doubt. Thank you. Every hour is a blessing here on First Up. Hour number two on the way, Chris Johnston. Did you hear about those rumors coming out of Vancouver about the possible connection before they hired Talkit? Communication with? Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock. We'll ask Chris Johnston about that and ask him about the Leafs' 5-2 win over the Islanders last night. Hour two of First Up next.